When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and today I have an answer to a listener question. And at the end, we have a guest appearance from my friend Mignon Fogarty of the Grammar Girl podcast. She joined me to talk about a grammar-related comment that one of my listeners sent to me. But first, Nikki writes with a question about the current shortage of baby formula. I recall a recipe that was popular when I had my first baby, she wrote, made with evaporated milk and caro syrup. Authorities are strongly advising against homemade recipes, but what can parents do if none is available? Well, as I'm sure you've heard by now, we are experiencing a critical shortage of commercial baby formula in the United States. And it was one of those perfect storms, a huge manufacturer recall combined with ongoing supply chain issues, which I've noticed has now replaced unprecedented call volume as the catch-all explanation for everything that goes wrong in the customer service realm. But the supply chain issues are real, and they were already causing spotty availability of infant formula. And this, in turn, was causing nervous parents to stockpile formula. After all, infants who are not able to breastfeed are 100% dependent on infant formula for their sustenance. It's just not something you can afford to run out of, so parents weren't taking any chances. But as you may remember from the early days of the pandemic and how difficult it was to find toilet paper, fears of shortages can quickly create actual shortages because fear of running out causes people to start hoarding supplies. Then in February, we had a huge manufacturer's recall of infant formula due to possible bacterial contamination, and an already fragile situation turned into a full-blown crisis. At this writing, about half of the nation's retailers are completely sold out of infant formula, and the rest of them are strictly limiting purchases to discourage hoarding, which, you guessed it, is creating panic and creating even more hoarding. It is a mess. So it was inevitable, really, that recipes for do-it-yourself infant formula would start to circulate online. And while the sources of these recipes may have only the best of intentions, there are real dangers involved in making your own baby formula. Now, you could argue that even if a homemade baby formula is not perfectly nutritionally balanced or adequate, it's still better than letting the baby starve. After all, this isn't a permanent solution. We just need to get through this current crisis. But nutritional insufficiency is only one of several concerns. 
homemade formula is also susceptible to bacterial contamination, which is one of the reasons that we're in this mess in the first place. Infants with their still immature immune systems are more vulnerable to bacterial pathogens than adults are. So what might cause just a mild case of food poisoning in an adult could potentially cause a life-threatening situation for a small baby. More importantly, baby formula is also very carefully calibrated in terms of its osmolarity and osmolality. That basically just means how concentrated it is. And there's no guarantee that these homemade formula recipes are taking this into consideration at all. Formula that's too concentrated could cause serious diarrhea. Formula that's too dilute can cause hyponatremia, sometimes known as water intoxication. So this also means you shouldn't add more water in an attempt to stretch out your existing supply. But as Nikki points out, what is a parent supposed to do if they cannot find formula? Well, if your baby is older than six months old, it's probably safe to supplement or even replace formula with other whole foods. And that would include infant cereal, fruits, vegetables, and pasteurized full-fat cow's milk. And you should check with your pediatrician if you have any concerns about that. If your baby is younger than six months and still largely dependent on infant formula for most or all of their calories, and you cannot find formula please get in touch with your pediatrician for advice. They may have formula samples that they can give to you, or they are likely to have information about other local supply options to you. Breast milk banks may be another possible option. Now, if you don't have health insurance, you and or your baby may qualify for care through Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program, known as CHIP, And you may also be able to get care at low or no cost through community health centers. And I've included links in the show notes to both of those programs. And finally, help is on the way. The federal government is working with manufacturers, distributors, regulators, and importers to address the issue from a variety of angles, and the supply is already starting to increase. But as it does, Please resist the temptation to buy or store more formula than you need for a few days at a time, as this is just going to extend the crisis. We're all in this together, and the more we can pull together, the better and the faster we'll get through it. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I recently got a comment from a listener who had a good-natured complaint about my grammar. Mignon Fogarty invited me to talk about it with her on her Grammar Girl podcast, and here is the conversation that we had. I'm here today with the wonderful Monica Reinigal from the Nutrition Diva podcast, and she had a listener with a question. Yes, Mignon, I knew immediately that you were the person to get me out of this jam. So thank you so much (laughs) for jumping in here. So this was an email I got from a listener named Shell, and he says, I've loved your podcast for at least seven years now, and I always love it when they start by buttering you up, right? Right, right. It's so much better when they're nice about it. (laughs) Of course, he goes on to say, I don't always agree with every word you say, but that's okay with me too. But here's his beef. He says, having been an English major in college, I cringe a bit whenever I hear you say, eat healthy. Eat healthy what? Do you mean eat healthfully or eat healthful foods? And I know what he's talking about, right, Mignon. I'm aware of that difference, um, but I've always found it just so cumbersome to do what seems to be the correct thing, which would always be to say, eat healthfully. And I feel like I've heard you say that it might actually be okay to say eat healthy. So can you back me up here? Yes, I can. And it's so interesting. I actually didn't realize this was a usage question or a usage problem until I became Grammar Girl. And then people wrote into me about it too. So the reason that um, and a lot of our listeners are probably thinking, what on earth are they talking about? Because this is something that tends to bother older people. So um, it was... It was um, a thing that started being brought up in usage guides that came out in the late 1800s. This was the sort of the golden age of usage guides. It was the same time when experts were saying you should call a woman's dress a gown instead. You know, they had all sorts of thoughts about language. And But if you look at the, the history of the word, going back all the way to the 1500s, healthy was being used to mean good for you. But these um, you know 1800s people sort of put a stake in the ground and said, you know, something that is um, in good condition, in feeling well, is healthy, and something that's good for you is healthful. But it is not a something that is stuck. It really hasn't. So if if you look look um, in the 40s, it was back in about the 1940s that healthy started gaining a little bit of ground on healthful, and then by 1975 or 1980. The battle was completely lost. If you look at charts of usage, healthy just becomes asymptotic in those years. It just goes almost, you know, to the moon and, you know, healthful just stays like at a really low level. Well, I, that's fascinating. I thought that healthy had just kind of taken on, had gained legitimacy 
by common usage, as sometimes happens, that, you know, it's just easier to say, it's less clumsy, and enough people say it that it actually becomes proper usage. What I didn't know is that it actually predated the so the quote unquote correct form. Right. I didn't realize that it started out being correct and then went out of fashion and is now back in fashion. Are there other words that work that way? Well, it's interesting because there was a third competing word way back in those days, healthsome. So healthsome was another word that that was competing with healthy and healthful, and it just completely fell out of favor. No one uses that anymore at all. So healthsome is just gone. Healthful is something, you know, maybe older people will use, or um, if you want to sound old-timey, you know, too, you can, you know, make a joke like, oh, this ale is quite healthsome, or this ale is quite healthful. Um you know, it would sound like old timey. And, you know, even back in the late 1800s, when these usage guide experts were making a big deal out of the difference, you can tell from some of the entries that it wasn't really sticking because they had, um, there was a joke from a doctor who said a patient had asked him, you know, in what season were oysters healthy? And he said, well, you know, I've never heard them complain of any ailments. <laughs> so <laughs> even back then, you can tell from jokes like that, people were using healthy to mean good for you. And then the usage experts were sort of saying, no, no, you shouldn't. Wow. I'm so glad we had this conversation because I'm feeling even more validated now than I was before when I thought I was just kind of backed up by common usage. Turns out this is a completely valid alternate word choice. It is. And if you look at the modern usage guides like the AP Stylebook or the Chicago Manual of Style, they'll make a nod to the history of the debate, but they both say that it's completely 100% fine to use healthy to mean good for you today. Great. Now, I don't know whether Shell will be satisfied by that answer, but I certainly am. So thank you very much. You're welcome. I I hope Shell is satisfied. (laughs) Okay, Shell, remember to eat something healthy for me this week. And that goes for everyone else listening, too. Both The Grammar Girl and The Nutrition Diva are part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. My show is audio engineered by Nathan Sems, with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our team at Macmillan also includes Morgan Christensen, Davina Tomlin, and our intern, Brendan Pika. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right when you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.